1: The all-electric Kia EV6 with up to 528 kilometres of range and Toolmart, the complete tool centre serving WA for over 40 years. This is Sports Day. Yes, uh, that was uh, the run home with... Hayes and Marto, Peter Viles in for Hayes this week. Marto will return to the radio again 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon as we roll in now to Sports Day WA on this Monday for the Kia EV6 GT World Performance Car of the Year and Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 45 years. What a weekend. I'm exhausted, actually, and I reckon a lot of people are exhausted. Are you exhausted going through what you experienced on Saturday? And for those people that follow the NRL or just like great sporting contests you may not be too invested in the national rugby league but there's a lot of people that just love uh, a grand final regardless of what sport it is that would have seen Penrith come from behind performance against the Brisbane Broncos when it was all basically done for them and people thought they wouldn't get the three peat but they uh, certainly did on the back end of their star performer And uh, Nathan Cleary, the son of coach Ivan Cleary. It got me thinking, actually, when you look at the AFL, and I know Collingwood have come out already, Craig McRae, Darcy Moore, Maynard, all the players have come out saying, we're now going for back-to-back. Is there a possibility, do you think, that Collingwood, because I've got a nice sprinkling of young talent there, could possibly uh, repeat what the Penrith Panthers have done? They've got match winners. The Nathan Cleary could be the Josh Dacos. Josh Dacos will only get better. It's only his second season of AFL football. What will he be like when he has maybe 50, 70, 100 games under his belt? And will he be the architect and the player that they'll all get behind to try and steer this Collingwood ship in maybe grand final and premiership land again in 2024 and even 2025? Now, Chris Fagan's come out, the coach of the Brisbane Lions, suggesting that the premiership window is still open for the Lions. Lockie Neal will be a year older, as we know, the dual Brownlow medalist. I think the jury is out on Eric Hipwood, who's had a sort of an indifferent season up forward. He was going to be one of the the major stars when he burst on the scene a couple of seasons ago to be one of the key forwards in the AFL. Probably just hasn't quite got there. Where's Joe Danaher going to be next year? Do you think the premiership window is still open for the Brisbane Lions? And the one that I feel is one out, one back is GWS with what we've seen. Adam Kingsley has matured as a coach. As we know, they got better after the halfway stage of the season, after predominantly the buys. And we saw what they delivered in the AFL finals, GWS, and the other one's Carlton. So if you had to make a prediction, even this early on, 48 hours after what was a... Splendid grand final at an ageing MCG. And I mentioned that earlier in the run home. Would you put Collingwood there? And if so, who do you think could be the best suited team to take them on next year being 2024? I think the Magpies are primed for it. I reckon they could go again uh, with what we saw. And I think 2024 is going to be a season that's going to be very, very exciting because some of the younger players will only get better. But if you had to put Collingwood in the grand final, who do you think is next best place from what you've seen that could uh, maybe take them on in that final Saturday in September? We're here for the Kia EV6 GT, the World Performance Car of the Year and Tomart the Complete Tool Centre, serving WA for over 45 years. And for the good oil for Cobram Estate, Premium Australian Extra Virgin Olive Oil, the big story coming out of the weekend is our very own Bobby Hill, uh, Northern Youngster. He is the cousin of Brad Hill, who has got three premiership under his belt. Bobby's got one now. And if Collingwood go all the way and maybe secure a couple more over the next few years, maybe Bobby will replicate what his co- cousin Brad Hill has achieved on the mantelpiece with three premierships. So we thought uh, we'd focus on the major story of the weekend, being Bobby Hill and so close to home for Cobram Estate. As I mentioned, Australia's most awarded extra virgin olive oil, grown, harvested and first cold-pressed in northern Victoria. We'd like to speak to somebody that has got a connection with Bobby Hill. And Michael Pratt has. He was Bobby Hill's Colts coach from 2018 when Bobby was kicking the footy around and now known as Mineral Resources Park, but it was Lathlane Oval all those years ago. And Michael joins us on the program. Thanks for your time, Michael.
0: Yeah, hi, Peter. How are you
1: going? Good. What was your reaction when you heard Chris Judd announce Bobby Hill as the Norm Smith medalist?
0: Oh, well, he played very well, didn't he? So it was exciting um, to see. So, yeah, really, really proud that he managed to pull off and uh, four goals can't be better than that, can it?
1: Tell us about the young fella that came down from Northam to the Perth Footy Club and played Colts under your tutelage. What was he like as a youngster? Um, very cheeky. He yeah, comes across cheeky. that way actually. He's got that sort of cheeky grin, hasn't he? He's I thought he, he might he be has. a bit cheeky. Yeah, no, he's um, he's a lot
0: of fun. Though. He's um, he loved uh, loved a good time, that's for sure. And uh yeah, very cheeky and very confident. very confident in his other instability as well, of course. So
1: you yeah. know, no, he's terrific. So Michael, was he one of those players that you needed to sit down and say, Now Bobby you could make something of this, but you need to maybe just concentrate a bit more on what we need to get done here. Is he a player that sort of used to lose a bit of attention? Uh, Was he a player that you need to get back on track occasionally to play football? And now we've seen the football that he can play.
0: Uh, No, not, not really. So Bobby, um, Bobby could be doing whatever he liked really. And he, he would never get distracted. So as soon as the siren went or as soon as it was time to go, he'd be fine. Um, I did have to sit him down and sort of say, mate, it's great that you can respond immediately, but not all your teammates can. So, you know, the day that he decided to shoot a twerking video in the lead-up to a game and post it on TikTok, um, that distracted his teammates somewhat, but he was fine. So, you know, mm. that's the way Bobby goes. We He's saw fun.
1: we saw his aerial ability in one of the four goals that he kicked on Saturday. Did he always possess that?
0: Oh, no, I taught him that. <laughs> <Absolutely. Yeah. laughs> No, no, he's a terrific one. He's, he's super athletic and um, his, uh, his leg speed's unbelievable and um, it's certainly a the, the real standout to his game is just how quick he can cover the ground. Very smart, very quick to recognise an opportunity to... Get ahead of the game and get into space. And um, once he gets the footy, he's a beautiful kick.
1: Probably he's really terrific. He's quite he's quite accurate, isn't he? Uh, he missed a he's, couple he's late. A yeah, he missed a couple late. He could maybe ended up with a half dozen. No, I know he played uh, one off, and Collingwood got the goal. But saying that, he's uh, he's pretty dead eye. Was he a player that used to concentrate on his kicking a lot at training? Oh, well, he's, a,
0: he's a beautiful kick. I think his, his dad probably taught him how to kick when he was a young fella and um, that sort of saw him through. So he's a, he came to the footy club at Perth with beautiful kicking technique and there wasn't really much that we needed to do to try and correct it. He's just a beautiful kick. So.
1: How did he get yeah. down to Perth from northern? Uh,
0: well, he, well, yeah, he's, he's, his parents are incredibly supportive and, and they sort of looked after all that and he moved to Perth in his 18th year. So, yep, in his draft
1: year he moved to the city and, yep. So, football and, so you weren't surprised when he was drafted? Um,
0: No, look, Bobby was always going to be a high draft pick, so that was the expectation going through.
1: Um, he
0: played He played very well in the Under-18s Championships. Obviously played very well for Perth. He injured his shoulder and uh, once the 18s was over, he didn't actually play footy for Perth again. So, um, But yeah, he, he had a terrific season with us. Um, I still remember he kicked four goals in a game against West Perth all after halftime and we were getting beaten in the first half, and I was a little bit frustrated at halftime. Bobby came up to me before they ran out, before we ran back out and said, you're not really worried, are you? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, actually I am, mate. And he, um, he went out and kicked four in the second half and sort of turned the tide. So he's a terrific young player, Bobby.
1: You would have been the coach when you were at Perth Colts. Uh, a lot of good young players actually came through the Perth Colts and have been drafted over a number of years. Is, was he one of the special ones that you coached?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Bobby's a Bobby's a terrific young kid. He's, he's very, uh, very infectious with his attitude. He really, he really does love playing, and um, yeah, he's super talented, as you would have seen. So, I've been I've been lucky coaching, and um, I've had eight boys playing on the weekend, actually. And um, in terms of uh, in terms of you know talent and ability and ability to impact on games, Bobby's right up there with the best of them. So
1: you said you had eight players playing on the weekend that you had some sort of involvement with, which is a yeah, staggering, number. staggering number. Staggering Na- number. Name us some of those.
0: Uh, well, obviously from Perth, Robins, Devin Robinson and Bobby from um, from WA um, when I was coaching at Stateside, uh, Charlie Cameron, Darcy Cameron, uh, Billy Frampton and Callum Archie. And when I was coaching at the AIS, I uh, did that for a couple of years, uh, Josh Dunkley and Mason Cox
1: amazing amazing um, the, the name was just, yeah I'm just saying you've uh, you've had a contribution a significant contribution in that grand final on the weekend so you would have sat back having a look at those players going around feeling that you were in very much connected with some of their development yeah yeah look, look,
0: yeah absolutely I feel a lot of pride when I watch them run around so yeah mm. absolutely.
1: And when you look at Billy Frampton, of course, got the late call-up, only got a couple of possessions. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, but what an, what an opportunity for him.
0: Oh, absolutely, mate. His third club, incredible, you know. Like, And, and that's the thing. Like, Bobby's a, Bobby's a high draft pick and a, and a super talent, and you don't want to take anything away from him. He deserves everything he gets, Bobby, and he's obviously overcome cancer and all sorts of things. But you look at some of the stuff that some of these other guys go through, and, and Billy, you know, and his third club, and... Who knew whether he was going to get another chance after getting drafted by Port Adelaide and, and sort of let go. And now all of a sudden he's a premiership player. Like, amazing. Mm. Like, amazing.
1: What was he like as a, a youngster coming through?
0: Uh, a very aggressive rockman. Yeah? Very aggressive rockman, yeah. Had a, had a temper and had to be, <laughs> had to be controlled. <laughs> but he, he was great for WA. Played some good good for the state that year. Yeah. So, yeah, but really good.
1: You mentioned uh, you had a bit to do with... Mason Cox, and every time he got the ball on the weekend, because I was at the MCG, uh, USA used to ring around the MCG. He's been quite unique, hasn't he? And When you first met him, did you ever feel that he would scale the heights that he has over the last couple of years?
0: Uh, no, mate. I mean, we, we taught his coaches at the AIS that he had no chance, but look, he he's a very hard worker. He's very diligent, and if you've only seen him on TV, I don't. I don't think people actually appreciate how big he is. He's massive, and um, it's every. And because of that, you know, it gives him an advantage. But it's also very challenging for the skills of the game, like kicking. And he's a beautiful kicker, goal mm. So I'm, I'm so so impressed with what he's been able to do.
1: You must be very proud of uh, what you've achieved in the game, Michael. Saying that, your involvement in football these days.
0: Uh, I coach the Colts for East Perth.
1: Oh, you found a good club. And how are we going to go next year, Michael? Now, I know Ross McQueen's there. You're coaching the Colts at East Perth. Uh, is there some good products down there at the Raws Because they've always cried foul of the zones that they've had down there and the ability uh, to we're, recruit we're, players. We're
0: very, we're, we're very excited about our zone at East Perth. And um, the, the work that the, um, that the club's done over the last couple of years, I've only been there for one season, but... You know, you look at the work that the footy manager, Warren Parker, and the talent manager, Alan Bar- Aaron Ballantyne, have been putting into our zone. It's incredible. And, you know, the kids that we've got coming up, particularly from the southwest and the lower southwest, now we think our zone is equal to any any club, and we're really proud of it. Mm.
1: Do you see the continual uh, lay, uh, outlaying of talent uh, coming from Western Australia? Because we've had an incredible run over the last... Few years, and you saw the amount of West Australian connection in that grand final on Saturday. Do you expect that to continue?
0: I'm not really sure. Look, it's um, it's a real, it's a real challenge, footy and um, footy in 2023, and and just getting convincing clubs in particular to give young WA boys a chance when they've got to travel over the other side of the country. And it's you know, um, it's probably a bit premature to say that. I always think if the a Victorian club. Have the opportunity, and they think the WA boy and the Victorian boy are much the same. They'll take the Victorian boy every time. But look, the talent is there, and the boys over here work incredibly hard. And as long as they continue to put their best foot forward, I think they'll. I think they'll do really well. So I'm looking forward to the draft this year. There's some exciting prospects, and like you know, like surely Dan Curtin's as good a player as as anyone in the country at the moment. Mm,
1: and, mm, mm. Uh, you know. So if you're, if you're, if you if, if you're West Coast to have the number one pick would you get the local over Harley Reid? you know Harley Reed's become a rock star before he's even kicked a football in in the AFL but um you know as we said Curtin is a, an outstanding footballer which way would you go just your own personal uh, well, opinion
0: Well look um Dan Curtin's 197 centimetre. and when he, he I mean he openly admits he played his best game of the year against East Perth and he played as a midfielder that day and so I got to see him up and close at his best. And I I couldn't understand why you would overlook a player like that. So Harley really looks exciting. You know, I went and watched him play at the wacker when Big Country came over. And he does look exciting. But at the same time, he's a, a mid-sized midfielder. And I'm I'm not saying that they're a dime a dozen, but he's not 197 centimetres. And it's it's a hard skill to teach, that one being tall.
1: So you'd go Dan Curtin if you uh, and this is your opinion, uh, the selector there yeah, at the West Coast absolutely. Eagles?
0: Yeah, take i take the local player. 100%, I'm, you know, WA over over everything else for me. So,
1: mm. Just before we let you go, have you, do you still keep in contact with any of the players that you've helped to mould into AFL footballers or have ah. you basically severed the tie saying, I've done my bit, I'll just let them be now?
0: No, no. Um, look, some I keep in close contact with others, but, you know, it's always good to catch up no matter who it is and make an effort to, to get along and watch him play and all those sorts of things. So, yeah, some I talk to a bit and others not so much. So, mm. it's um, they, these relationships are always different. And,
1: yeah. And we know, finally, some of the indigenous players can get a trifle homesick when they get uprooted from their family, particularly here in Western Australia, if they come from regional areas, or even, of course, in Perth. Uh, there was never any problems regarding Bobby Hill getting homesick when he got picked up by GWS and, of course, then traded on to Collingwood.
0: Yeah, Bobby's very close with his family, so you know it's um it to say that he wasn't homesick, I think is is not true. But he he just has a burning desire to be be a quality player, and you know I I also will give credit to the Giants. I think they are a pretty good club, and they do do things to try and make their young players feel welcome. And it's um it wouldn't be the worst place to get drafted to,
1: that's for sure. Good on you, Michael. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, Lovely to give us some of your time and go through certainly your pathway and and the involvement that you've had in a number of footballers that now are playing at the elite here of Australian rules football in this country on the back end of what Bobby Hill achieved on Saturday. Thanks for your time and good luck with the Royals next year. Yeah, thanks for Go to the Royals. Absolutely. Good stuff. Michael Pratt there, who was the coach at the Perth Footy Club uh, when Bobby Hill came down from the Avon Valley from Northern to play Colts. And as Michael pointed out, he never thought uh, that he wouldn't make it. And Bobby's now, all of a sudden, got the Hollywood lights, hasn't he, on him for next season after taking out the Norm Smith medal. And uh, great to have Michael on the program. All right, for Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand, just a couple of other bits of uh, news. The Wallabies have kept their faint hopes of reaching the Rugby World Cup knockout stages alive with an unconvincing 34-14 victory over the Minnows, Portugal, this morning. And now they have to wait and see if there's an upset Portugal, maybe beating Fiji. I don't think it's going to happen, which means for the first time in World Cup history, the Wallabies won't get out of their pool group into a quarter final. And this is a country, this is Australia that has run one, two Rugby World Cups. Speaking of World Cups, that's what our cricket team is gearing up for. But rain across the weekend forced the World Cup warm-up match against Australia and the Netherlands to be uh, called off. But Mitchell Stark claimed a hat-trick. Did you see that? In a stellar all-round show. Now, chasing 167 in a reduced 23 overs a side match. The Netherlands were 6 for 84 in the 15th over when the rain had the final say. Not before Alex Carey made 28. Cam Green hit 34. But then Stark finished off the innings with an unbeaten 22, ball 24. And as well as that, picked up a hat-trick. And his hat-trick ball was an absolute beauty. I saw it. It was almost like a Yorker and took out the middle stump. So well done to Mitchell Stark, even though it was against the Netherlands, not one of the powerhouse nations when it comes to cricket. But they've certainly come on in recent years on the back end of our very own West Australian, Ryan Campbell, who was the coach of the Netherlands uh, Cricket Academy for a number of years. Of course, Rhino's now moved on and is coaching county uh, side in Durham. But Netherlands certainly have uh, improved during those years when Ryan Campbell was in charge. From the Tempera Bedshed text machine, and you can join us anytime, 0487 736 736. Uh, hi, boys. This is just a follow-up. From the run home, Uh, the rules are unfair. I would be awarding all of the interstate teams an extra home game and no team would play more than 12 games on their home deck. Change the fixture. That's from Dave, who feels that the fixtures are unfair. They are unfair, but we all have to live by them. It's the most compromised fixtures and the most compromised professional competition in the world. And nothing's going to change because they can't change it. Their hands are tied. That's the way it's going to be going forward. Uh, 19 past five. We've got the top five at five coming up on the other side of the break as well. And we've got plenty more here on Sports Day WA.